0: Production. Rhonda Byrne is the creator behind the Secret, a documentary film that swept the world in 2006, changing millions of lives and igniting a global movement. In 2007, Rhonda Byrne was recognised as one of the world's most influential people in Time Magazine. Rhonda says the truth is that the universe has been answering you all of your life, but you cannot receive the answers unless you are awake. In this heartfelt conversation, Rhonda and I discussed the law of attraction, the moment her life changed forever, and the power of the present moment.
1: In the present is everything that everybody is looking for. Everything, all the happiness, all the joy, all the love, all the everything is in the present moment.
0: I'm Sarah Grimberg. And this is A Life of Greatness. Working as a podcast and radio producer, I have been fortunate enough to cross paths with many intriguing people who have had a profound impact on me. In this series, I share stories and experiences from the people who have brought inspiration to my life and hopefully yours too. Rhonda Byrne is the author of The Secret Book, a worldwide bestseller available in more than 50 languages with over 34 million copies in print. Rhonda has also just released her newest book, The Greatest Secret. In this episode, you will learn why having control over your thoughts can allow you to manifest whatever you desire. Rhonda everyone knows you from the fabulous book and movie, The Secret. But Mm -hmm. what I want to know is where it all started from you. You grew up where I am right now in Melbourne, Australia. Can you tell us a bit about your background and what led you into self-development work?
1: Yeah, it's strange, right? It was the last place that I expected to end up. I have to tell you, I um, I was just living a life that, just like everybody else. But um, it was really it was two thousand and four, and you know, to be honest, I'd had a couple of really rough years before two thousand and four, but two thousand and four was really tough because my dad died suddenly and um and my mother and father had just the love affair of that I've most incredible love affair I've ever seen. And so um my mother, our mother, because they had five girls, uh, she was grief stricken and I was doing um, uh, six movies for the 10 network which were about murder and yes. six television movies and they're about unsolved murders and and it was intense and really intense dealing with the families you know you, you can imagine um, really challenging and and dealing with police who worked on the cases and everything, and just seeing the you know what took place in a family when something some tragedy mm. like that happened. So I was probably working on the worst thing that you could ever work on, in many ways. And uh, and so that was it was really really tough. I I remember sleeping on edit suite floors, and everything that could go wrong went wrong that year. And I have a production company in Australia and had been making many, many television shows in Australia for all of the networks. And so, and we had a real standard that we always, always held to and that we would deliver something that was beyond what the networks even had expected. And so, yeah, it was it was so tough that year and just all kinds of things went wrong. You know, edit suites blew up and... People had to leave because something had happened to their families and all these weird things. And so it got to a point and I was just working day and night, day and night. And then in September, I got a call from my accountant saying, you've run $2 million over budget, you're going to lose everything. And uh, in 30 days, he said. And I would just couldn't, like he said I'd run $2 million over budget on these films and we still had one and a half films to do, to make, and and. I hung up the phone and the phone rang again immediately. And it was our mom. And she was just, she was really struggling. She just didn't want to go on without our dad. And and it was a heartbreaking phone call. And I was quite a, a way away from her. And this was really quite late at night. And so I talked to her for a while until I knew she would be fine. And I said, I would go and see her the next day. and. I just, these two things, I I just always fix things all of my life, right? I'm always like, oh, I'll fix that, I'll take care of that, I'll solve that, yes, I'll do that. And these two things were beyond what I could solve. You know, they were just, uh, just like descended on me and I just collapsed into despair. I had no idea which way to turn and my adult daughter who was living with me at the time walked out and saw me and said what was wrong and I kind of played it down and anyway she disappeared and and then she came back and she handed me this photocopied um lump of paper with a bulldog clip on it and was all the corners were all bent and it was all grubby and everything and she just handed to me and said read this it'll help and It was so bizarre because when I had all of this going on, incredibly, I read it right there and then on the spot. I I was sitting outside and I moved to inside and I started reading it and just I I can remember all of the tears Mm. pouring and hitting the words and the ink running as I was reading it. But I read it an hour and a half later I had finished it and my life had changed totally. It was not the same life again. And that book was called. It was a, a book written in 1910, and it was written by Wallace Wattles, and it was called "The Science of Getting Rich," and it was about getting rich in life. Mm. and And so that just like lit a flame inside of me. Now, I mean, I've had so many people have read that book, and we have it. Yeah, as I said, we've got it for free on our website, so anybody can download it but I knew much more than was in the book when I read it. Like I just, I knew so many things when I read that book. And then when I went back and read it, like, but those things that I knew, they were not in the book, but I knew them. And, And so that began this incredible search because I knew I had found a truth and it was a truth that i didn't know and i knew most of the world didn't know it because i could hear the way that everybody spoke and you know talking about what they don't want and talking about dramas and all of those kinds of things and and so i then i didn't say anything to anybody i just Began this incredible search day and night, day and night, and uh, I went to my accountant and I said, "I have found something incredible. You just need to keep my company afloat <laughs> until I can until I can make this." And um, and so I don't even know how I stayed afloat, but I did. It's just like everything. That was needed, just happened like uh, it, it, it was absolutely extraordinary. And wow. I don't even know to this day, really, how I got the money to make that documentary because it cost three and a half million, but I started two million dollars in debt. Now, those were numbers I never had that kind of money yes. in my life, you know? So, um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that was really, I, I, I researched and then in the January, I went into my team and I said, we're going to make a project that's going to affect the entire world. And um, I think they thought I'd lost it. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I then explained the secret to them and I needed all of that time so that I understood it completely and had researched and I was got into quantum physics and all kinds of things. So, um, yeah, so that's really how... The secret began. So I wasn't really on any kind of journey of self-discovery. It all happened, you know, in that moment. And I think it happens for a lot of people like that. You kind of hit, you know, really, really rough time. And when you hit a rough time like that, like I've reflected back on that night so many times, and when you hit a moment like that, it's. I think what happens is your mind opens it just opens, yes. and um, and you're very receptive, or mm. and and you want answers because the suffering is so great and the pain is so great. So that's how how it came to be.
0: When you're talking, I'm finding so many similarities with my own story. Firstly, I'm a producer. Mm. I produce crime, so I a hundred percent. Yeah, when you were saying that, I was like, my god. <laughs> So I, yeah. I I get what you're talking about, and I get what yeah. you mean about having to deal with. I mean, I deal with horrible situations as you would have dealt with, and I mean the, the we do it with podcasts, and the podcasts are amazing, but yeah. it's heavy material. Oh, it's so heavy, so <gasps> heavy, so mm-hmm. heavy, and it gets into your psyche a bit as well. It, it
1: does. Look, it really does, and it. I, I, it definitely did for me because it, my health was impacted so much that year, yes. and, and and I know. Yet at the same time, without that, I wouldn't have ended up where I did. Well, I that's wouldn't it. have discovered the secret. You know, I needed all of those things, you know, to go to go wrong. Like the two years earlier, I had had a relationship with somebody that just went, you know, really yeah. badly, and. And so I look back on all of those things and I'm just like, I was blessed. Blessed. Because if you took away any one of those things on the 9th of September in 2004, I would not have reached that point yes. where, that I reached, you know.
0: It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because, you know, we look back at the, the biggest struggles in our life and as, as you said, they become blessings and you would not change them for anything. No.
1: No, that's exactly right. I wouldn't change a single thing. And, you know, I asked my daughter, (laughs) I asked my daughter, why did you give me that book that night? Yeah. And she said, I have no idea. She just said, I have no idea. Wow. I just gave it to you. And I said to her, did you read what was in that book? And she had read it. Yes. And actually my other daughter had read it too and my ex-husband had read it, but it didn't awaken them yeah. the way it awakened me and um, yeah it, it it just and so it just depends you know if you're if you're just if if life is going along incredibly and and you're laying on a lilo on a swimming pool and you know drinking pina coladas you're probably not going to wake up in fact you won't wake up yeah. it's only the tough stuff it, it seems to me, anyway, that we begin to ask questions like, "Who am I?" Like, if we go through, if there's a sudden death, you know, an mm. out of order death, it, that very close to us and and it just devastates us, then we begin to ask questions. You know, who am I? Where did I come from? Where do I go to? And we we really sort of look. And and I now, I now know that everything in life is pointing us to the truth. Yes. Every single moment, every second is pointing us to the truth. Everything is a blessing, mm. absolutely everything. And um, and it's so incredible to know that. It's not something I believe, it's something I absolutely know by my own experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a there's and that's why I wrote this book because it's a it's the journey from the secret to now and it's just it's the way out of out of suffering.
0: Exactly like you said, I've had the same experiences, which is what led me to write, to to do the podcast I'm doing to open people's eyes up so they know that there's that that there's a benevolent intelligence that that yes. governs and you know life happens for you not to you and we have the ability to be able to make it the best life we can. And can you believe that a few years ago, you went from being this producer and then obviously having the success of The Secret to then being named one of the top 100 most influential people in Time Magazine. I mean, how did you feel when that happened?
1: Oh my God, I was was just, uh, when I was told that I just apparently my team n- knew
0: yeah um
1: they knew about it i ha- I had no idea and uh I was just i mean you're just so humbled when something like that happens yes it's just it's the opposite to what you think I was just so utterly humbled and um I went to New York and it was extraordinary um and you know paparazzi for days and I swear to I swear that was like a two kilometer red carpet that I walked down um, and cameras and everything. And just to be with all of these other people, these people that had done the most incredible things. And um, I mean, it it was definitely like a highlight in my life. And I have this beautiful crystal that's engraved and that that I really treasure. And for me, that symbolized not a Rhonda, at all, yeah. but what the secret had achieved, you know, and um, in in terms of reaching people and helping millions of people's lives, and that's what it symbolises to me that 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 project really did do yes. what I dreamed it would do, and um, and still is doing it. I mean, yeah. it's just just keeps going on and on and on.
0: And what led you? Now you've had the success of the secret, like you said, which is still living on. What made you want to write the greatest secret?
1: Um, well, when I discovered the secret and I, that, and I found that truth, I knew there had to be more truth. Mm. I just knew, and I wanted to know what it was. Like, 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 so passionately. Like, I was just a woman on a mission. I've got to know. And so I studied so many traditions and, um, uh, oh gosh, so many, I, seven days a week from The Secret from 2006 until 2016, seven days a week. It was my life. And I read thousands of books and I just researched. And and look, I, I discovered in that journey so many incredible things, you know, really amazing things that from ancient traditions that most people don't know about today, really wow kind of things. But none of them made me feel that I had found the truth. And so I just kept going. And do you know, I never even, like, I never even thought there was going to be a the truth. I thought I will just keep, finding more and more bits of the truth for the rest of my life. And then in um, 2016, I had a – I had a a, – a situation, not even very big deal at all, but just a situation. I felt this incredible deep disappointment from this situation. And I was just so stunned because I always felt so good in living the secret principles. My life was incredible, dream life, what anybody would dream of. And yet this disappointment just permeated my body. And I was like, how can I feel like this when I always feel so good? And so I just grabbed my iPad. I laid down on the bed and I grabbed, it was nighttime, and I grabbed my iPad and I'm like, I have to watch something uplifting. And so I put this show, Conscious TV, which is like an internet show that interviews all these people. And there was a person that they were interviewing that was not any kind of teacher, just an average person like you and me. And he had discovered the truth. He had meditated for 25 years and see, that was not a path I was going to go down because I just don't feel that the whole world will meditate, Mm. you know, for 10 years or, or something, as wonderful as it is. And so, but he had meditated for 25 years and then he just had this huge awakening and woke up from a podcast. And I... Listen. I played that interview over 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 and then I listened to the podcast I followed in his footsteps his name is David Bingham and he's from the UK I followed in his footsteps I listened to the podcast and I was just and then I spoke to David and I was just oh my god oh my god Um, and (laughs) I'm like this has been in front of me all along all along right here and I've never seen it I can't believe I've never seen it. And I spoke to David and he was really great because he was like, look at what I'm pointing to, you know. And um, and so right then and there, right then and there, my search ended. I have never searched from that day. And then for the last four years I have been integrating mm what I discovered and also doing practices, finding the simplest, simplest practices so that um, so that this will be effective in people's lives. and And so yeah, I, I, I didn't even know I was going to do this. I didn't even know I was going to do this and you know what's so incredible yes. is that I I use the secret to get the title of the secret. I basically asked the universe, "What is the perfect title for this project?" and and it was so amazing because it just like came this the the secret. I just knew on the spot, "That's it, that's it." And um, and then when I was talking to my team, I said, "I know the title is the secret." Or I said, "We could call it the secret or the greatest secret." And I said to them, "What do you think?" And they're going, "Um." And but before they even could answer me, I said, "You know what? It's the secret. I know it's the secret." And now I know why I didn't call it the greatest secret. The first one, because there's nothing greater than this. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And so the secret is exactly nothing's changed. It's a law. It's like gravity. In a 100 years from now and 1,000 years from now, nothing will be any different. It will be as true then as it is now. But, um, but then this was just... Massive. So it was like the second kind of huge awakening for me. And, um, and now I just have a life, like, you know, with everything that everybody's going through, I don't have any fear about anything. I don't have anxiety about anything. There is just this every day, all day long, is just this absolutely beautiful undercurrent of happiness whether I am being evacuated from my home because of fires, whether mudslides are taking out all houses, um, there is just this happiness that is always there and that I don't really mind what happens because I just know that nothing will touch the happiness, you know. And so it's a total like reversal from what we, well, I've done all of my yeah. life, you know. I was in search of happiness. I'm like, oh, I need that thing to be happy. And, um, and so when all along, happiness is who we are, happiness yes. is our true nature. And so it's not that we, it, we, whenever we feel happiness in the world, we are feeling who we really are. Mm.
0: It's so true. And I, yeah. my studies into happiness as well, I've realized there's short term happiness and long term happiness, and you know. Going out and buying those shoes or that coat—that's yeah. short-term happiness, and, and and that is not what's going to give you happiness for a, for a long period of time. But what I found really interesting is even before we started recording this uh, podcast today, mm-hmm. I do so many interviews, and a lot at the moment with a lot of Americans, and uh, you know, America's going through quite a difficult period at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I got on on the call to you, and I said, "How are you?" and you said, I'm fantastic, everything is wonderful. <laughs> and I've had about five <laughs> interviews this week and every person has not said that except for you. And they've all been mm. beautiful teachers and stuff. So it's wow. it goes to show that you are quite unaffected by the turbulence of what's going on around you at the moment.
1: Yeah, beautiful, beautifully put. Um, I am unaffected by it. I'm I'm not affected at all. And the other thing that I I know is, of course, I feel incredible compassion for families that have lost loved ones and and actually I feel incredible compassion for those people who are really afraid. Yes. Um, But, uh, I mean, this, I think one of the things, like everything that happens, like as you said, happens for us, you know, not to us. Mm. And this is for us too. And we're never going to go backwards. We are always going forwards. We are always, life is always becoming better. It is never becoming worse. You just have to look at history in terms of that. And so I, I, I just think that um, I know that this too is, is, you know, we will look back on it and this was a really incredible turning point for the world. But one of the things that, just one thing that yeah. I see in this is that, uh, most people um, invested their, all of their safety and security in the material world, in the physical world, and so you know you work really hard, and so so that you can have a house and be safe and secure, and all of the things you know, strive and achieve, and all of those things. And young people they feel very safe and secure because they're young, and you know they're a long way away from death and everything. And this came along, and it shook everybody's safety and security globally. Mm. And and what I feel it shows, and although a lot may not realise it, is that there's no safety and security in the physical world. Yes. There's not. It doesn't exist. There is safety and security, but it is not in the physical world. And we, if we look for it in the physical world, then we we are going to be in trouble and we'll suffer as as we're seeing here what has happened in, in 2020. Um, and and so in just in terms of that, I think that that will help people to kind of open and look a little further mm. than just looking at the world all of the time, you know. Um, and because the world is wonderful and material things are wonderful and everybody deserves whatever they want, you know, and to have all the experiences they want to have. I mean, it's a fantastic, incredible world, but to expect that we will have safety and security in this world when we are in a temporary body, you know, that is born and that dies and we know that the body dies, you know, we don't die, but the body dies. Yes. Um, yeah, Then. then there will be tears before bedtime you know if we're investing all of our all of our future and happiness in in that
0: the buddha says that a life of suffering is a life of attachment yes so when we have attachments in our life we we then suffer how have you been able to live the life you have with so much joy and happiness mm. without getting attached to to things in life?
1: Yeah, good, really good question. Um, it's been part of that journey and uh, I, I had an instance when um, when my daughters were really little and yeah. we had a house in the country in Melbourne and I loved, you know, we loved that house. It was, it was a mud brick house in Kangaroo Ground and it was just, I mean, we loved it. But interest rates skyrocketed to, I think it was like 18%. And we tried so hard to hold on to that house. Um, and we had a mortgage, of course. And and so I ended up by going back to work, which was something I didn't want to do. And, um, and so that was really hard. I sort of felt ripped apart from my daughters and that. So we went through like... I don't know, good couple of years of trying to hold on to that house. And we couldn't, you know, we lost it in the end and we had to sell it. And I just remember driving away and looking back at that house and thinking about the incredible suffering that we had, my husband and I had put ourselves through in trying to hold on to it. And I made a promise to myself that I would never be attached to another house ever again. Mm. And I haven't been. And, you know, I've had like, to die for houses, like such beautiful mm. houses, um, really incredible houses, no, not the least bit attached. So grateful when I'm in them, really appreciate them and everything, but just walk away. Yeah. And so I think that began the releasing of attachment for me. Probably the hardest um, hardest. Was my daughters mm. and uh, attachment to my daughters, and the thing is that that I mean, which you would know of course too, is that attachment has fear in it, and um, attachment has fear in it, and love has no fear in it. Mm. Love allows everything to be free, just the way it is, and and so um, so when we're attached to something, we're holding on to it for fear of losing it, and and so that's the part that's really really tough and one way to know if you're attached to somebody which is was my marker was if they said something and I felt my feelings were hurt then I'm like that's attachment you know because I'm like if love love would allow that person to be whatever way that they want to be and without taking it personally yes one thing about attachment though that I have to say is that uh, what I have found, there is a practice in the book that I've just written yes, which is called welcoming and and so I welcome everything negative and the reason that I welcome everything negative is because when we resist, whatever we resist persists mm. and that happened in The Secret, right? So, whatever we resist persists. However, Um, It's really hard to like let go. Like if somebody says, let it go, you know, (laughs) it's, it's very hard to do that. But if the opposite of resisting is welcoming. And so the way to dissolve the resistance is to welcome. And something incredible happens when you welcome because if you take something that you're resisting like let's say like an attachment like you know somebody that you love hurt mm. your feelings or whatever and you decide to welcome the feeling the hurt feeling what happens is it just dissolves almost instantly and then what's extraordinary the entire situation changes yes when you don't have resistance it changes and so it's the most incredible way to change negative situations. But you can't, you can't welcome it. You can't welcome it to want to fix it, change it, you know. You have to welcome it like you really welcome it. You have to be genuine. And when I first did this, I did it with intense feeling and um, and the feeling just got stronger. Like for a couple of seconds, I was like, whoa. and And then it just collapsed. Like just dissolved, like just evaporated. The feeling of this intense feeling just disappearing out of the body oh, was the greatest high ever, ever. And um, and so when the feeling came back, it was not nearly as strong. And so I just did the same thing, and it just disappeared. And so, so that's one of the really huge things in the book is all any sort of. Um, Bunch of negative thoughts mm. on a subject, I will welcome those. I will welcome those thoughts. So I'm not resisting those thoughts and I'm not empowering those thoughts. I'm not, you know, and, and through resisting them. And so I just welcome them and they just shh, disappear. And then the same with negative feelings. So I got to a point where. I just wanted a negative feeling to come up so that I could welcome it. And, and once you, because they're all of our negative feelings are stuffed in our, suppressed in our subconscious mind. Yes. And those negative feelings are playing out in our life. They, they are sending up thoughts all of the time that are part of those feelings. And, and so when we can eliminate those feelings, every feeling we eliminate We get happier and happier and happier. Mm. This happiness just arises in us naturally. And and so I just loved it. And once it's gone, you know what? You can never feel it again. So if you, for example, if you welcome anger until the anger's completely gone, nothing in the world can anger you.
0: Yes.
1: Nothing. And if you welcome fear, nothing in the world can make you fearful. And so it's just now people watching could just imagine your life without feeling any of those feelings and just how incredible your life would be.
0: I mean, a life without fear would be absolutely amazing.
1: Right. So incredible. And, you know, in The Secret, one of the things is the way to for everything to appear that you want is to feel good, you know, is to really feel good. And so when all those feelings are gone and you are sitting in happiness, oh, my gosh, just the whole world, just everything just comes, you know, and there's no effort. It's just mm. everything just appears and it's absolutely breathtaking.
0: Well, that's what <laughs> I, I I think is such a huge thing. And I think with The Secret as well, some people thought that you just have to think and then it'll come to you, which, is, which isn't what you teach. It's basically, you have to be in those beautiful feelings of happiness yeah. where you're governed by a quantum and that is sending out signals the whole time. So when we're and this is quantum mm-hmm. physics. This is, is not like woo woo kind of stuff. No, when that's when right. you are feeling those those beautiful feelings of love, of joy, of happiness, it is it is law that, that that will come and and be attracted in your way. And you you are absolutely invincible. If you are happy, you you, you do not get triggered by things that you would not would, that you would normally would get triggered by. If you are feeling sad or down or yeah. frightened for some reason.
1: Oh, exactly, and and you know problems that uh, when you're really happy, you don't a problem just looks so tiny. Yes. it doesn't look like yes. a big problem. And when you're happy, you get the solution really quickly. You know, you're not you're not kind of lost in it. The solution just comes. Oh, I know we do this. You know, it just comes to you as an insight and as intuition. And so it, happy, happiness is everything. And I mean, everybody wants it. That's why they push yes. away the bad feelings because they don't want those bad feelings. But what the problem with pushing those feelings is we've pushed them down inside of our bodies, which is affecting the health of our body, which is affecting everything that we want to have and be and do in life and, um, and letting them go. You just feel so light. You feel as light as a feather. It's just the most, most incredible, mm. incredible feeling. It's incredible to wake up in happiness. Yes really is, you know. It is. I spent decades
0: where I didn't. Yeah, and it's something that human nature, we're absolutely all yearning for that. Yes. What I wanted to ask you is the ego is a huge part of everyone. Without the yeah. ego, we wouldn't be able to do a lot of things. So the ego, ego isn't this evil monster, but it can be something that—that—that that, that is hard to tackle at times. How do you mm. live your life allowing your ego to not rule?
1: Well, it kind of dissolves. I think the more aware you become, it, yes. it just dissolves and kind of sits back where it belongs. And uh, and and the ego and the mind are very, you know, that that you can't have one without the other. Yes, and so they they they're connected. And uh, uh, but the more the more aware you become, and especially like with people who who followed the secret, they became very aware of their thoughts as I did, and and that awareness of thoughts is a real power Mm. using using the mind powerfully. And uh, so as the mind, as all of the mind's programs start to dissipate and as the feelings, like, for example, all of those feelings we were just talking about, they're all ego feelings. They're not... They're not the feelings of who we are. Who we are is happiness. Any other feeling other than blissful happiness is 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 not us. Mm. It's, yeah, it's, it's not us. It's programs and it's everything else, but it is not us. And so all of those feelings, they're the ego feelings. The egos, I mean, the ego allows us to have a sense of individuality in the material world. And, uh, and so we get to kind of have this experience of being separate and, uh, and all these objects and material things. So it's, it's a really great, great adventure, but it belongs where it belongs. You know, and and it is in the foreground for most people and it should be in the background and who they are should be in the foreground because who they are is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And the ego, the other thing about the ego, it's very defensive. Mm. It wants approval all the time. There's never enough approval for it. It wants heaps um, and it wants attention, you know, and it's so interesting because all the things the ego wants are all the qualities that we really are. Yes. We are all attention. That's what we are. We're all attention. We're all the approval in the entire universe. And so all the things that and so it's so fantastic, you know, the ego striving for all the things that we already are, <laughs> that we all that we all are already, you know. It wants love, it wants approval. I'm not good enough, you know, all those things are coming coming from the ego. So it can be pretty rugged with us. But if it's just, if it's if it's back in the background yes. and then just serving its purpose, it was never meant to be the captain of the ship. No. Never.
0: Well, that's anyway. it. You touched on something before, which is the mind. Mm. And the mind is obviously one of our most powerful tools. We can, it can also be a tool of darkness yeah. if we don't learn to use it correctly. How have you learned to train your mind
1: Okay, so with the secret, um, I just became very aware of my thoughts, okay. and so and and then really made a concerted effort to think positively. And I did that with gratitude. I would do gratitude absolutely every day before I got out of bed, and I would just say thank you with my footsteps as I went to the bathroom. I mean, I would swim in gratitude because gratitude would just gratitude is such an instant life changer. Mm. Um, it's really easy and just changes your life really quickly. and um, and so, and it also changes the way you feel really quickly as well. So if you sort of wake up and you're feeling grumpy or you're feeling stressed about something you have to do that day, if you just do gratitude, it will just it just like melts all of that away. So I used to do a lot of gratitude. I used to do a lot of things of lists of things of what I love. You know, like I love, you know, when it's a blue sky and I love, I would just say all these things that I love. Um, I love my kitchen. I love my toaster. I love this bread. I love, and um, so I would do all of those things as well. So I really worked hard at training the mind, and your words are appropriate, because I, it's just a program. That's all it is. It's It's a recording. It's a memory card. And so, and it loves repetition. And so I would just do all of those things. And so then it was very positive most of the time. Um, The way that you see how you're going with the mind is if you go through really challenging experience. Mm -hmm. Because if you go through a challenging experience and then the mind is nonstop with negative thoughts Mm -hmm. and, you know, like even, for example, what people have been through, if there are just thoughts coming in a million miles an hour, really scary thoughts, fearful thoughts, that um, you kind of see how much the mind has got a grip on you. Yes. And so um, that's, a, that's a good thing, you know, to be able to see that so you can free yourself of it. So that for me was the first, first step. And then um, as after I had the second uh, awakening in 216 and I began to do all the practices that I have in The Greatest Secret, now the mind is just in the background. And so now it's not in the foreground. And so I just don't have thoughts going like this all the time at all. In fact, I don't even know how I'm talking to you. I'm just talking, I'm not talking to you, like it just all comes, you know, it's yes. instantaneous, but it is for everybody that you just don't really notice that. Um, So I just don't have all those thoughts, Not the mind doesn't ha- have a grip like that anymore on me and so it's just and it's now in a place where it really wants to be because mm. it doesn't want to be in charge, it's too much stress and pressure, you know, it doesn't know what to do, it doesn't have a clue. Mm. I mean the mind is just thought so, you know, and, and a thought doesn't know what to do, no. you know, it, it wouldn't have a clue, you know, you ask it, what do
0: I do? I've no idea what to do. Well, I think one of the biggest things is that we need to realize that w- our thoughts are not real. So just because we think something, yeah. it can be something really awful, doesn't mean it's real. And I think people get into a yeah. cycle of just believing so their own thoughts and, and yeah. becoming really negative.
1: Yeah, such a good point. I mean, that I think just about most people believe their thoughts. I know I did.
0: Yeah, I did I, too. I
1: thought this was, I thought the thoughts in my head was reality, you know, and so you'd have a thought, oh, I think that person's mad at me or I think yes. my boss is not happy with me. And then you believe that as so it's real and it's not real at all. Yes. You know, you, your boss just... uh you know, had tripped over or something, or caught his finger, and yeah. he walked past in a group. And yet, you think it's all about you. And then, if you believe that, oh, then then yes. you're going to
0: experience that. Hundred percent. You know, that's
1: what that's yes. what your life is going to become. And so, and so, there is not a single negative thought that is true. They are all lies, all of them. Yes. And so, I, I would just say to everybody, do not believe a single negative thought, because they are not true. None of them. Um, and, and I remember there was uh, there's this really wonderful teacher and when he was a child, I thought, wow, I wish this had been me. When he was a child, he watched adults and he couldn't understand why they believed their thoughts. And he could see that because they believed their thoughts, they suffered Mm. And he was just so mystified as to how they would all believe their thoughts. So he used to sit and watch them and listen to them. And I mean, imagine that as a child, mm. realizing that as a child. Wow,
0: that's incredible. so good. Yeah, becoming awake as such is mm. something in life that that is hard for a lot of us. And I think doing this kind of work with the greatest secret and the secret. You realize that you do have control over your life. And I remember recently I interviewed a guy called Krishna Das, who is a beautiful brought Buddhism into, into uh, the Western world. And he says that people sometimes they'll live their whole life and they're not here for one second. And it's, a, I mean, that just stood with me so much to think that yeah. how we could live our lives yet not be present for yeah. one moment of that.
1: I know, it's too sad, isn't it? Really sad. It's so sad. And And the thing, and that's one of the things with the mind because the mind can't operate in the present. The mind can only operate in the past and the future, neither of which exist. Yes. And so the mind is jumping from the past and projecting into the future and kind of terrifying us and beating us up. And it can't be there in the present. And yet in the present is everything that everybody is looking for. Yes. Everything. All the happiness, all the joy, all the love, all the everything is in the present moment. Yeah, it's true. All and of it.
0: You use a beautiful quote in The Greatest Secret from Rumi. The moment you mm. accept what troubles you've been given, the door will open. Yeah. Why did you use that quote?
1: Because acceptance and allowing of something that has happened is really crucial. Mm. And uh, it's crucial for, for our freedom. Because one of the things that we, we all tend to do is when something happens that we don't want, we will push against it and we will resist it, it makes us very sick, can, you know, shorten our life and everything. And so, and so what happens is if you accept if you accept it, and I don't mean accept it like um, I know what he means in acceptance, he means allow it. And if you just allow it to be and you don't have any of the resistance, it changes, mm. you know, it just changes. Everything changes. It's, it's our resistance that holds it. And so um, now to just do that cold turkey like to just try and, you know, something happens and just like, oh, I'm going to just accept it. You would just find your whole body filled with contraction and resistance and everything. And, um, but, but you can let all of that go. You know, the practices like to welcome that I was talking about will let all of that go. And it, then it's like, a, it's like a super, whoa, super, um, super sped up, uh, accelerated. Way for something to change, and so with the secret, we kind of visualize what we want and we think about what we want, and then if you just welcome resistance, it's just it all just changes mm-hmm. just like that, and so it's kind of really fast way to way to
0: change things. Yeah, so
1: I love that. I love Rumi. Rumi's I love so I love
0: Rumi as well. I always yeah, use his quotes. Yeah. What's your greatest hope for society today?
1: Um. I just look at it all and I, I look at the world and I'm just, I know that we are on track. Mm. I know everything is perfect, just the way it is. There's absolutely nothing out of place in the world at all. Um, everybody's life is on track and everybody's doing really, really well, even though they might not consider they're doing really well. They are. They're doing really well and they're, they're where they they are in the place that they wanted to be in, you know, and and even if that's a tough place, they wanted to be in that place because it would take them to something better. Yeah. And so I, I just look at the world, and I'm I'm just, it's all beautiful and perfect, just as it is. Mm. Even with a rough 2020, it it is. Uh, everything's okay you know mm. everything's fine and and look with this with this you know don't use the word very much but you know with what they're calling a a pandemic um that appeared you know we had a whole lot of years where that was not here on planet earth at all it appeared mm. and anything that appears disappears mm. It's the absolute rule of everything, whatever appears disappears and and it will disappear. And it can be hard in the midst of something like this, you know, for people to imagine it disappearing, but it will. What is a life
0: of greatness to you?
1: Wow, well, to know who you really are, mm. without a doubt, hands down. Make the greatest mm. discovery
0: of your life, yeah. Rhonda Byrne, you have pioneered the self-improvement world and changed the lives of millions and millions of people. Thank you for all the work that you continue to do.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And hello, Australia. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to join my community on Instagram at Sarah Grimberg, where we post videos and behind-the-scenes footage of each recording. You can also join my private Facebook group, Live Life Greatly, where we discuss the content in this episode and many more, as well as give advice and tips on how to live a life of love and meaning. To purchase my ebook, Finding Greatness, head to saragrimberg.com. And if you love what you heard, then we'd love you to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app and leave a five star review. It will help us share this wisdom with others. A Life of Greatnesses executive producer is me, Sarah Grimberg, audio producers Matt Curry and Nicola Sitch. Special thanks to Grant Tothill for bringing this dream to life. For more episodes, search a Life of Greatness podcast, download the new Listener app now, and listen for free. Listener.